Welcome to another episode of The Craft. My name is Nick Pollock. Joining me today, what do you know? It's a recurring guest and Hall of Famer for the FSWA, Ian Osaris. Great to have you here. Uh, thanks for having me, award-winning podcaster. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you won that last year, right? <laughs> All did. right, so yeah, we here did. we are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to talk more about... Two award winners. Look at, look at us. Look yeah, look at us. Huh? Look at that. Look at us. Um, no, we're, I'm excited because like this was the first week of really getting new things. And I, obviously there are a lot of people on Twitter who will say, look guys, it's spring training stuff. We can't really do this. There's too much hoopla about spring numbers, X, Y, and Z. The way I see it is, you know, we're seeing new information and there's a lot of information we can just completely ignore. You know, I'm seeing things like, oh yeah, two innings of no walks. This guy's cured his control rate or something like that. <laughs> you know, um, no. But uh, the fun of it is sifting through and actually finding extremes. And mostly it's on the good side. We don't really, I think, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, don't look at the bad side that much. Um, but if there are brand new skills that might be coming to light, that can be very valuable information. So we're going to jump into that a lot today. And yeah, what has really stuck out for you so far this spring training, you know? One thing that's it's interesting to me is you get the starters you know, going first, the, the, the guys are going to go be in the starting rotation and, you know, they get the first two innings and then, you know, you're tempted to just like, I got one eye on Yamamoto's debut right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's I wasn't going to do that to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, then you get, you know, the, the minor leaguers that are trying to make the team, or uh, are the six and seven starters? They they often come in right after, and um, so I've been tempted always to like watch the first two innings and then jump to like some other game and, and yeah. watch. Uh, especially since the hitters start cycling out and you start being like, I don't know who this is, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, so you kind of uh, you're tempted to leave. Uh, well, in the Yankees game the other day. Um, it started with Clark Schmidt and I will, I needed to watch Clark Schmidt. Right. And, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is that the, the stuff model is like pretty positive about Clark Schmidt, but I've talked to him about this long-term. It's just like, what does he do against lefties? We've talked about this. It's like, what is the plan against lefties? Is he going to do anything? I kind of think he should maybe just try 50, 50 cutter curve or something he's never tried. Mm. Just, you know, just lean into his best pitches and just not yeah. throw the other ones. Uh, but he feels like he needs to throw sweepers to lefties. He gave up 750 slugging to yeah, lefties on the he's sweeper. He's trying to do the backdoor sweeper a ton. It can work, but then it's really yeah. easy. If they know off-speed batters can push the other way pretty easily. Or even and just I wrap think around the problem it. with the sweeper opposite hand is you just see it. For yeah, so, you'd yeah see you really it do coming out and you see it coming for so long and just like right. i see what's happening here mm -hmm. um and uh and so i was watching him for what he did against lefties and um one thing i would like is maybe elevate the two-seamer more uh yeah. what he could do is maybe elevate the two-seamer and go two-seamer cutter at the top of the zone um oh Apparently, <laughs> making a peace sign has balloons appear on Eno's screen. But if he went two seamer cutter at the top of the zone, he could play the banana shape at the top, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, it's hard, but you don't know which way it's going, right? Right. And then curve off of that down, right? Mm -hmm. That could work against lefties. All those, you know, all those locations and pitches have been shown to work against lefties. I just, I'm not sure he has much command of pitches up. Sure. Like you think about yeah. it, he's a sinker slider guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's just more comfortable down in the right. zone. Reminds me of Lance McCullers there. I remember yeah. being having a whole thing about every pitch would be in the same location down and away. That's not you're down in glove side. If, if you've trained like, your whole life to do right? one thing, like it's kind of hard to be like, and now throw it higher. In the yeah, zone. yeah, exactly. And so I just, uh, yeah, I was looking at his two seamer locations, and even when he looked like he was trying to get it higher in the zone, it was kind of like middle-ish, not mm -hmm. really high. So. Um, I wonder if that's what's keeping him back. I, I, anyway, that was what I started with, but I got a treat because I stayed on the, the cast. Will Warren, my man. Yeah, that's next. right. And Will Warren, uh, there are five pitchers last year who had a uh, 98 location plus or better and 110 stuff plus or better in triple a, um, and hit certain benchmarks. And, uh, those pitchers are like Edward Cabrera, um, uh, Grayson Rodriguez. I, I don't know. It's like all these like rehabbing major leaguers, mm -hmm. and then the two actual minor leaguers were Will Warren and Jared Jones. Ah, and there so you 
you know, these are pictures I like theoretically, but have not. I've I've seen some highlights, but I haven't like watched him sort of go through a game. Sure. And um, and the thing that occurred to me about Will Warren is that it is the same package as Clark Schmidt, and it is the same package as right. Michael King. But what is the difference between Michael King and uh, and Clark Schmidt? And to me, it's just a passable four seam because Michael King's four yep. seam is not his strength. He's a sinker sweeper guy. Yeah, but he has a passable four seam, mm-hmm. and his changeup is just better than than Clark yeah. Schmidt's. I mean, that's the thing I'm really looking for um, from Michael King a bit is just like, can you get that more consistently against lefties? Yeah, and Clark Schmidt can't really rely on that. Yeah, and so I was watching that. I, I would say that I'm. It's really hard for me to like watch two or three changeups and be like, bang, done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I I will say I'm a little agnostic on Will Warren's changeup, mm-hmm. but. I thought the four seamer looked good enough. Nice. And so what we've got is, I think, more Michael King than Clark Schmidt. Um, and it all just looked a little bit firmer. Um, and um, and I thought, again, because I'd just seen Clark Schmidt live so much low, I thought Will Warren looked much more comfortable high in the zone. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the big things is changing um, – uh, uh, movement patterns. We talk about like banana splitting, banana peeling. Right. Uh, that's big. Changing velocity differential. That's big. Mm-hmm. But high low is something that we d- maybe don't talk about as enough. It's um, no as, blueprint. That's uh, that's my favorite thing, honestly. And, Those that can actually live up and then locate down. Right, and that's why like even though riding four seamers are not great at the bottom of the zone, like Walker Bueller used to do that really well because you would kind of you you'd see that low pitch and be like. You know, yeah. that's a slider, you know, right, and instead, right. it, instead it kind of jumps up and gets you a cold strike in the zone, whatever it is. So I think up down um, in terms of locating uh, is something I saw as a positive uh, from Will Warren. I will uh, always say if it's a pitcher going north south as opposed to east west with their attack, if that's what they go with, generally, that's better in my view than east west. Well, they have uh, more real estate, I guess. You do you have generally lower walk rates, I think. Because it's easier to make adjustments north-south than it is mm. east-west. Um, and, of course, now Eno has made me turn on this. No, I, that makes sense, actually. I want to tease that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm working uh, with my kid, Yeah. Um, you know, uh, on pitching. Yeah. And, um, yeah, north-south is like... Think of the arm action. It's like an effort, almost an effort or like a... It's like, it's just, it's like almost moving your arm up or down. Yes, exactly. You know, it's, like it, it's, it's much more this. of your focus of how you're reaching out. Yeah. But left, right is a little bit more about how long you're holding the ball. And 100%. Yep. You hold the ball longer. The extension, as you mentioned with, what was that? Mitch Keller, you were saying the extension side or who was that? Yeah, uh, yes. oh. oh yeah. Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown, Hunter Brown was you. having yeah. troubles to his extension side as he got fatigued. He said he got right. fatigued and he got a trouble to the extension side. And that's weird yeah. because Hunter Brown is a guy who can spin it and has spun it his whole life and has yeah. like three good breaking balls. Right. But even he loses that sort of it's it's like because pitching is spatiotemporal, like it's 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 of of a place and a time. And so yeah. and, and I think up down is a little bit more sort of spatial. Yeah. And left, right is a little bit more spatiotemporal. We're like, right. I hold. And so my cues to my kid, when he's like missing arm side, I'm like, hold on to a little bit longer. And guess what he does the next one right into the dirt. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, to my right, you know, as a catcher, you know, and I'm like, okay, hold on to it a little bit. less. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I would much rather that. Cause at least he's calibrating. You know, yeah, instead of doing the yeah, same thing over and over again. I'm like, just just hone it down a little bit. Right, like, right. Left I'll and right. right. Okay. In the middle of those two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like that's something I say a lot to him is find your release point. And you know, I think it's often it's it's a feel thing. It's a mm-hmm. it's a like mindset. I don't know if the right word. It's just like a you're like like I'm like, okay, we do some cues for a little bit, and I'm like, okay, forget everything I just said. Don't have any cues in your head and throw yeah. it hard at me. Yeah. And sometimes after we do a little bit of cue work and he's just like, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to forget all that. I'm going to throw hard now. Uh, he finds it again. So we found that the cue that works the best for him is throw it hard at dad. 
There you go. That's good. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's a, this is actually when I was growing up, um, there were a couple cues like that, which is you want to throw through the glove. You don't want to throw yeah. through the glove. You want to reach out with your glove, your physical glove as much as you can and then pull your chest to the glove um, or the, the glove to your uh, chest on release. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was another one I remember hearing. But there was a lot of just, you know, we would draw a line on the mound to make sure that we're striding directly toward the plate. Actually, that's a cue that works for him because he likes, he. I don't know why he likes uh, Kershaw. As a, he's like a Padres mm-hmm. and Giants fan. But ah. like, I guess Kershaw is just so great. He's like tried to add. Yeah. I'm wearing my Tatiaga shirt right now. He didn't even know. He tried. He's tried to add like, um, like it's not a, you know how Kershaw like puts his foot out and then he goes further. It's like yes. almost a hitch, but he had like has a sort of half step and then he goes further. Yeah. Uh, he's like, for my son, that was really uh, just a way for him to be like, I'm going to go further down the mountain. I'm going to have for right. more stride. I'm going to yep. have more extension. And that uh, added some velo. So in any yeah. case, um, you know, left to right is, I think, tough. Um, uh, but just having somebody uh, be able to be comfortable up um, makes me feel like, you know, I felt pretty, pretty good about Will Warren at the end of that. Yeah, I mean, especially for uh, I need to watch that one. I had a I had an incredibly busy day yesterday so i'm still waiting like after this essentially is when i really do my review of yesterday's games Mm -hmm. and um correct me if i'm wrong will warren is another change up first guy like kind of like drew thorpe but change up is like hey cool this is the thing i really like but also having i believe a breaking ball am i wrong on that one i could be confusing i i I mean i think uh it's the uh michael king package it's the sweeper cutter okay uh, sinker um did you see it did you catch a change up yesterday while watching it I think he threw a couple, okay. uh, his changeup stuff plus likes it. So I think it's pretty good, but I, right. I, like I said, I just, I didn't, he didn't throw as many. I just remember seeing the sweeper, the, the gyro slider and, yeah. the, and the fastballs and, so uh, and thinking I, he was comfortable up and down. So I bring that up for a reason, because I remember actually one of earlier episodes, I thought was really interesting that you brought up, which is guys with, you'll often find guys with high IVB uh, or high vert. It's because they have more of an overtop delivery, which is they are more north south, uh-huh. and those don't that kind of release that arm angle doesn't speak to a sweeper as much because you have to supinate so much, right? You need to yeah. open up, you ensure the back of your hand as you release, as opposed to your thumb going down, and that means uh, you know it's just kind of hard a different arm angle. Remember Bryce Miller having a big problem with it, but Nick Pavetta not so much for some reason, and. So seeing the package of Michael King and Clark Schmidt and, and Will Warren being sweeper focused, it generally does speak more to East West it means that you're coming around a little bit more, mm-hmm. which makes it harder to change eye level, right? Because of just how your arm is coming across. Right. And, and it's why those that have these really low um, arm like angles. I was like high yeah, yeah that's high up and he lives up and down like, exactly it's easier down. to do that because that's just more of your your arm path and that's what they did with him at the race was like stop thinking about left to right right you're exactly. never gonna get that right you're just 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 be 100 so down. the one element that's really annoying about all of this is that height adjusted vaa is all about yo you are low but the thing is if you're low you generally are more on the side as opposed mm. to over the top and that's harder to be consistently high with so those that can do that excel, and that's great. But I see someone like Tanner Scott or something like that. He's just so low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just can't really consistently elevate. Like his big thing as a reliever was to, uh, he finally threw more strikes, but it was just kind of over the plate and wasn't really up. And I think like you see Kikuchi, I'm like, oh, this is why he kind of struggles getting his four-seamer upstairs. Because he's a sideways guy? Yeah, he's more of a lower arm angle. It has that great VA, but then it's just like, right. It's harder to then get that location upstairs. I always actually struggled with it. I was a slinger uh, for a long period. And I was east to west because of that. There's another way to get good VAA and good-ish ride from uh, a sideways angle, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't thought of until Trevor May said it recently uh, on our pod. Seam shifted wake. Sure, yeah. The seams on a sweeper keep the ball from dropping mm-hmm. it's a riding slider yeah you know yeah. so seems to have to wake the, the seams gather in a place and where they gather um the, the ball is pulled in that direction and so a lot of change-ups have seems to have wake on the bottom which pulls them down 
Um, and a lot of, of and sweepers have seam shifted wake actually on the top. Yeah, right. Uh, right. And that keeps them from dropping and keeps yep. it kind of like a sideways slider frisbee. Mm-hmm. And um, if you had those seams on the top and basically threw a sinker from this angle, but the seams were on top, you'd have Josh Hader's fastball. Right. Which in some places called a sinker, some places yeah, called this a is, seam. This is what drives us nuts, right? Like Andrew Heaney does this and Sean Manaya, I think, too. Did yeah. this. And like, we're like, what is this pitch? Okay, fastball. <laughs> but think of also all the guys you just mentioned. Yeah. Inconsistent fastball command. Right. Slingers. Home run issues. Yeah. So is there some aspect of, is it the mechanics that's leading to that? Or is it the seam shifted wake? Because mm. seam shifted wake is something like Alex Cobb and a bunch of other guys are telling me it's pretty finicky. Yeah. It's, even Clay Holmes is like, I have like eight cues. When my seam shifted wake is not catching, I have like, you know, different things I can, I can think about and different right. lays, little micro adjustments I can make. Yeah. Which means that somebody who throws basically the seam shifted wake sinker in the big leagues, the... Yeah like ideal the platonic ideal seam shift awake way high arm slot way drop crazy you know everything is this it's a stuff plus pitch clay right. holmes's seam shift away sinker is telling you it doesn't always catch yeah That's and wild. and so if it, if it if you're depending on something that doesn't always catch you know, I think that's a part of your 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 splitter discussion. It's like yeah, that's, that's very fair, very catch. volatile with it. Yeah, he's sort of catch right. a team and he's a catch in the right way. Right, and uh, it's really hard to sort of replicate the thing over and over. And one of the reasons I think we got into the whole four seam slider thing mm-hmm. is that the spin on those is consistent. very predictable, yeah. consistent, and goes right into our models and spits out exactly what we expect. The correlations, the number of pitches you need for stuff plus to work. The correlations to future success are the highest on four seamers and sliders. The league went to four seamers and sliders. It's like we can measure this. We know. Right, and, right. You know, the forefront of this was the Dodgers and Yankees, and you know, then the Mariners and, and the Astros. Like that, that's the sort of foursome that was really pushing the envelope. I think the twins were in there, but people didn't realize. They throw in sticky stuff in there too. There's some <laughs> sticky stuff situation in there too. <laughs> But, you know, you had like this really replicable thing and the Yankees graduated a whole group of people that was kind of sweeper. At first, they graduated a whole bunch of people that was over the top, riding fastball, uh, power slider. You know, Mm -hmm. that was like the first wave. That's like the Severino types, you know. Um, And then this newest wave is the Michael King, Hayden Wesnensky, um, Clark Schmidt and Will Warren crew. Right. Who are, you know, more sidey, not over the top as much sideways. They're using seam shifted wake in their pitches. That's that that was like the second or third wave of 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 research, you know, that came out of Hawkeye and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, what's interesting to me is just that, like, no matter what package you kind of throw at your minor leaguers or, you know, you you put in your player development mix, some are going to work and some aren't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, right. <laughs> There's um, no like. Oh, we're all throwing like the, the Mariners are like, we're all throwing sweepers and they all get to the big leagues and only one of them's throwing a sweeper. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's always that, you know, um, but going back to the whole question of like, is that why a lot of these guys have, you know, more inconsistencies? I would. Uh, this is a really compelling argument you're making about it. Um, I've always really considered that throwing crossbody again, as we're talking about with timing and everything, it's just, oh, some of it's harder. Guys, it would be all these guys we mentioned is crossbody too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's, uh, I've, I've treated it as a knock. And, um, I think one of the bigger lessons I had actually was watching, when did Noah Syndergaard debut? 2015 or some, uh, maybe it was even 2014. I feel like it was 15, but, uh, when he first came up, I remember being enamored because of how everything was felt straight and it felt mm-hmm. that every pitch he was going, he was throwing was so around the zone. And effective because of his mechanics going straight to it. And it was just, he actually, there it is. Okay. His best foot forward, especially it was very obvious at the end of his career, was he actually had really good command. Hmm. And, uh, and so that was like the, when he was 99, it was like great command and great stuff. And then when it was 94, he was actually old 99. Um, But, it was, you know, it was one of those things for me is like, cool, when a prospect comes up now, I'm actually going to be realizing like, oh, right, that's clearly the the quality that I'm looking for is being able to, how straight are you with this, with this mechanics and how wide are you, right? 
Mm. And uh, we've seen, you know, we, I, I mean, we're talking about the Cal, Cal Harrison discussion, but like Nick Lodolo in there too. Um, Andrew Abbott, not really the best command guy, I would say, at the moment. There are a lot of these. It's more lefty, I think, when it comes to sidewindy, um, lower arm angle. But I mean, it took a while for Freddie Peralta. Uh, and I'm still a little weirded out by him with that. Uh, now, will Will Warren, um, I remember seeing video. I mean, I did that top 100 thing, of course, like every college course you take you're lucky if you remember five percent of it <laughs> so uh, will warren i want to say it wasn't from the video i saw it wasn't as extreme as i've seen of like a righty slinger uh-huh. like a kind of like a brady singer slinger okay brady slinger let's just call him that from movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh but like the reason i asked about change is that if you are more over the top you're actually more capable of just throwing one um generally because if you get on the side of a change up you get more of the side movement as opposed to the depth and from my experience, the the vertical drop changeups generally more effective than the, the the horizontal ones, just because I mean I'm sure data will I will go where the data lies. Um, but my instinct is you have a velocity gap, and when guys are trying to catch up, you can just push out your arm to to slow it down and kind of be giving yourself more time when it's moving away. But if it's down, it's further. It's it's a it's a harder thing to go and get when you're beat. Um, that's just kind of my instinct with that. So crossbody is, uh, you, you're, you're, you're pitching across your front leg. Right. So or even just like having the lower arm angle where your as your arm travels from, uh, from past your shoulder, uh-huh. think Pat from like shoulder to shoulder, think of it that way. Like what is your full arm travel? Is it more of like a one o'clock to seven o'clock in that way? Is it more of a three o'clock to, to nine o'clock, right? From shoulder to shoulder, right? So, like, as you go down, like, you're making a diagonal down, right? Uh, I see. Yeah. But some guys, some guys come across and they go across their chest, you know? So, Will Warren um, is like two o'clock. Okay. So, he is somewhat low. He's like, yeah, I'm like, that's probably down. why, like, Michael King is like that. I think Colin Schmidt's like that. That's why probably the Yankees are like, hey, cool, we're going to, because of that, we're going to go into the sinker. Yeah, um, stuff. Yeah, he's that makes two o'clock, but he doesn't land super closed. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so, right. Straight with his, so he's not doing it. Is, is pointing at yeah. the plate, and right. his drive leg is parallel with it. So there's sure. he's not sort of jumping over it. Yeah, and uh, and he's and he's a lower slot. Yeah, he's like a two right. o'clock. Um, so, but so I wonder why I was. That's why I was watching for high in the zone. And yeah, right, right, and firmness. And yeah. not having everything just sort of, you know, sort of bleh, like, there's your, you know. there's a takeaway guys. Yeah. Uh, well, Warren, not that. <laughs> um, by the way, I should mention right now, um, obviously, you know, had me turn on the Dodgers game. Duh, I'm not going to let him watch Yamamoto. Not me, <laughs> and uh, then I realized quickly, he didn't want to watch Yamamoto. He wanted to watch Cody Bradford. <laughs> Cody Bradford pitching. Well, you know, he not as well as Yamamoto right? with the three strikeouts. Yeah. And two what, yeah. What was that last one? I couldn't tell if it was, it was cutter down in it or a splitter. I hate terrible camera angles. Uh, anyway, he got, he got some whiffs in there. I didn't like his fastball for one. I just looked at, by the way, I don't know. I, I didn't love it. It's like, I think, uh, I think this is the whole thing with the Dodgers that we've been talking about. Um, every so often. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I want to go into this with you a little bit, and we're going to talk about it after this break. So I, I remember sending you a text about Bobby Miller, and it was me just kind of looking at his approach last year and be like, oh man, this four-seamer is amazing. And where what's his heat map of like more likely and less likely? It's, we do it by percentiles um, yeah. based on everyone else of all four-seamers. It's not like he doesn't throw it upstairs, but he's much more about down and glove side. And I kind of found this trend among the Dodgers. I would even say Walker Buehler, look back at previous years with him. His four-seamer in 2021 with sticky stuff was unreal. One of the greatest shapes and, and I mean, a lot of four-seamers were at that time, but like, I mean, this was stupid. Like super firm, super velo. Incredible. Super spin, like, um, yeah. Extension was great, you know, all of it. And he didn't throw it super high off like that is no. made to be just bailey Oberizzi type right yeah he threw and he it didn't he threw it that's why i was using my example earlier he throws well, it right but too, even yeah. that i was just like dude i don't want that i want yeah. you to just there and then blake's not blueprint it and that's the tunnel for your secondary stuff down and then every so often when you see that they're not doing it then you can pin one but like again it should still be less a lower percentile not like average or above with the pitch like that right 
And Bobby Miller God, kind yeah, of doing the same Miller thing. Likes to throw it low and away. Yeah, and I think like this is the Ryan Pepio thing. And actually, today, uh, Ryan Pepio, the main thing I wanted to focus on was is Pepio throwing high lock. No, upstairs. he was throwing down. I watched. No, it. no, his four seamers were. Oh, wait, his four seamer. Yeah, his his breakers were down. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. That's the Blake yeah. blueprint, right? You want yeah. four seamers upstairs or slow stuff down. And that was not what Pepio was doing last year. You can also argue that like Pepio didn't have the best four seamer command. Uh, still, that's but, one thing that I came away with today. I definitely watched them today. I was like, uh, I mean, yeah, it, no, it I, I'm, I'm not in disagreement with you. I, I watched yeah. some of it and I was like, this is, I actually was surprised afterward to see all the data being like, it's collectively in the top third and higher, mm. but it didn't feel, you know, I say this all the time, watch a guy and get a f- subconscious feeling of like, is this guy doing generally what he wants to do? Does he feel in control and and like (laughs) orchestrating? Kind of get it generally up or down, and that's about it. Right, but it's like I can tell internally how bored I am. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's Joe Boyle. I was so bored watching Joe Boyle because because it's just I don't know where it's going. Like there's no (laughs) game plan for me. The fun of baseball is like you're going to execute this and you're going to do that. Oh, you do this thing. Oh, that's beautiful. You did that. That's why I love you know. That guy that I refuse to do it every single podcast. I need to have one where I don't say his name. So I, <laughs> uh, so like I get bored with that. And yeah, Pepe wasn't that. I'm like, oh okay, but I do like the emphasis upstairs. Spring training early. Regardless, is Bobby um, Miller afraid to throw it high and tight? I think it's a Dodgers thing, huh? And which is really weird because it's Glasnow there, but honestly, Glasnow they're just like whatever. You can't really throws it high and away. Just, some Glasnow doesn't have a high a lot of high lock because he just has bad command. He just yeah. He has good enough control with it, but like he can't actually consistently. He's basically targeting middle, middle, middle right? High every time. So his high lock is like not close to fifty percent. It's pretty hilarious to me. Bobby's uh, is probably not either. So the only guy on the Dodgers that actually does it is Emmett Sheehan, which mm. I dig because I think it's it's weird because like I don't really think of him as a great control he guy. Have good command either. <laughs> but but the thing is, there's a difference to me of like he is actually getting it upstairs though. It isn't like, like middle middle shotgun blast. We should be able to take this. Highlock is doing this to right. some extent, but yeah, we should be able to take locations, right? And be and like, be like, these are ideally in the or no, the just realm, be like, you know? what's his location plus high? And right. Oh, we do low. that with percentiles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you have we have it on our site. All every pitch has. I, I divided them up into nine different ones. I'm actually going to have. Uh, I think nine holes upside. I mean, I know people. I, people train to nine holes, and nine holes is like how we. But I think it's almost too much. I think. It's yeah, no, I agree with you. It is. It's just like generalized up and down. I, I yeah. do those, and then I actually am going to have down and glove side as like a not in the zone, just out, like just making it a expansion. Of oh, that like a, left. Like in, taking in the shadow zone too. So it's yeah, not, and it's even out of the zone, completely wasted or whatever. I mean, you could probably what I would ideally want to do is just I want to create your own like non-competitive rate. And then subtract it from a lot of these. Yeah. So pull out non-competitive. Like you could basically yeah. do heart. I mean, uh, shadow and chase, you know. Right. Like exactly. Yeah, yeah. And shadow chase. And then also the bottom left corner in the zone too. And my point is that, uh, you know, I love that down and glove side. That sounds so cool. And then you can say like up and inside. Like I think that that's such a good skill for four seamers. And you can find like who actually does that effectively. So you could um, then say like Bobby Miller's like down and away location plus or down and away. Right, exactly. Ability is this, yeah. but for some reason. But but yeah, so he doesn't do it. He doesn't, maybe his high high and in location is is good, but he doesn't do it enough. Like there's right. no way to have a rate stat. You yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So uh. So we'll look into all that fun stuff. But anyway, I think the Dodgers as a whole don't do this, and it drives me in, out, up the wall. Uh. And uh. That that's a whole whole other tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of course how we do this podcast, that was Will Warren. Um, obviously take a, a note of him. Chase Hampton, I believe he's the other one. Um, I always get his name wrong, so I'm always terrified when I say his name now. Because I used to say it wrong, but I think it's Chase Hampton mm-hmm. um with the Yankees. Or Chance. No, see, this is what I do. Chase Hamilton. See, it's something <laughs> like that. There's a C, Chase. there's an E, there's an H and an N. Okay. It's Chase. It's Chase. <laughs> it's Chase, okay. Um, he better have a good way for it then. Um, so yeah, those are the two guys I think with the the Yankees. I do want to mention Luis Hill really quickly. Um, also inside that mix, his four seamer sure. shape is just insane. Luis Hill, Luis Hill, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's more of the Severino type. Yeah, and he's I, the I high like that slot, more high four seam. 
uh, power yeah. slider off of it. But, but his four-seamer is legit. It's just I don't trust man his locations. Yeah. yeah, he's not quite there yet. But that, to me, is way more appealing from the fantasy side, personally. I think for the, the baseball side, though, it does, like, it, it breeds effective number three, number four starters is the sinker sweeper stuff. Oh, um, and what's interesting about that is that like it it also breeds like a bunch of players. And I wonder if this is on purpose. Like, think about player development. Part of it is to produce players for yourself. Part of it is to produce players that other people want. So what right. do you do? What do you do if if you like look at stuff plus and you're like, hmm, stuff plus, maybe it overvalues sweepers because they have this big platoon split, but everybody's building a stuff plus model. Why right. don't I just make everyone would like throw sweepers? And then yeah. they'll look good, and I can change. I can trade. I can get one soda. <laughs> the Guardians. The Guardians do this. The Guardians do this, but not no with way. pitching. They do How it do with they? shortstops. What? They build shortstop after shortstop after shortstop, and they trade them away all the time. Oh my god! Is Tyler Freeman any good? Is Brian Rocchio any good? Is You're making up names now. Like, you realize that, right? Huh? You're making up names to me. This is uh, yeah. They, they, I know they're hitters. Sorry, <laughs> but they they do. I think they do this on purpose. Where they just make shortstops. That's that's why uh, they just have everybody like take as many reps as shortstops and, mm-hmm. and look credible at shortstop and put them as a shortstop on you know on the roster you know listed as a shortstop. Trade knew that Francisco Lindor was not a shortstop. I knew it. <laughs> well, when it works out, it's Lindor, and you keep him. But. Uh, but um, but yeah, that that is a really interesting point of like. I, I think the intent should be, hey, I want you to be that four seamer slider focus. Because honestly, when I think of the best pitchers in baseball, Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, right there, done. Um, mm-hmm. Wheeler, you know, it, it's it's like this is the best thing to do. The best pitch in baseball is a, is an overpowering four seamer, not a sinker. And the best version of a slider that if you if it can have one that you can throw strikes with a ton, it's a gyro one to me, not a sweeper. But it's not for everyone, and not everyone's able to get enough velocity on it. Not everyone's allowed to. Are able to just locate it well, and get enough movement. So four seamers are Cole, Gallon, Wheeler, Castillo, yeah. like you know, Pablo Lopez, uh, yeah. yeah, Kevin Gossman's up there, Freddie Peralta. Well, yeah, well that's what obviously, but it's <laughs> the location and consistency of him. Anyway, I so I understand shifting over to sinker sweeper when that doesn't work. Like if you are a sinker focused guy, you have a bad four seamer. It makes sense. It is kind of funny to me how. Like you have a good weapon in a sinker to right handers, and we always pair it with another good weapon against right handers. Yeah, right. Dude, <laughs> it's like the reliever package, right? Yeah. Like, so wait, okay. Plus is amazing. You can yeah. kill right handers. What's the plan against lefties? <laughs> um, but right, obviously it's because more so of the arm angle that if you would have a good sinker, that means you'd likely also have a good mm-hmm. sweeper for that reason. Uh, I'm going to move away from Luis Hill, though. That's more of a control thing. I thought that was just very interesting. I wanted to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I mean, there's so many I could talk about. Okay. I want to talk about the Nationals really quickly um, because there are two guys to me that are that are the only ones that I would really consider. I mean, DJ Hers, I don't think I've seen yet. Um, but this is not a Patrick Corbin thing. This is not a Jake Irvin thing. This is not a Trevor Williams thing. Come on. Uh, this is a Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. And I, I think Josiah Gray is a quicker one. He went two innings and five strikeouts. I tried as hard as I could to find something actually tangible about Josiah Gray. And all I got was Martinez saying, yeah, you know, we're just really happy that he was attacking batters in the zone with it. You know, he didn't really nibble as much. He just attacked them in the heart of the plate with his fastball. And we really want, we realized in previous years that his fastball, you know, hasn't really been a major part of his arsenal recently and we feel like we need to get that you know involved more and it's really good to see that but it's not a good fast and then that's my takeaway like, <laughs> what are you talking about but like, why is that the focus it's not about throwing strikes with it is that he saw it wasn't good so he didn't throw strikes with it now you're just like well we should throw strikes with it like tell me that he changed something with it and yeah. at the very least with josiah gray he's always gone really low actually this is something i've started to appreciate more is pitchers who are doing the dip with their back leg have a better angle for their four seamer. What do you know? You Darvish mm-hmm. and Josiah Gray is, is famous for this, like almost scraping his knee on the, the mound as he releases. It was always the most interesting part about the four seamer, but everything else wasn't good. And it's just always super hittable. I remember talking to you 
about him like in 2019 or something like that or 2021 being like but his home run fastball like it's yeah. gonna be so <laughs> and that's never really changed and while the secondaries haven't gotten better but i see that i see two innings five strikeouts it's like look i don't know i i just want to get more data on it um and i wanted to at least give you an opportunity to say like oh yeah no i saw this thing on josiah gray and like that he was changing his fastball or something different that might suggest that because we have no data on it and it's just a big note for me to check on later. Yeah, unfortunately, Mackenzie Gore uh, lost a little bit of movement on his fastball, um, you know, just under an inch. Um, I, you know, it is an interesting fastball because it's not a sinker and it's not a four seam, but it's not dead zone. It's a it, right. it, it's pretty good fastball. And yep. it, it has a lot to do with his release point. So I wonder if it's a little bit finicky, like he needs to, he well, needs to have the right movement. Well, the thing is, though, with Mackenzie Gore, I was really excited about. I mean, he did was he throw it higher in the zone. He did. Finally, I thought he might do that this year. I really well, did. I mean, like he's got Sean Little on him too. Yes, but he got Sean Little Doolittle as his new player coach. Oh, thank you, Sean. And what is Sean going to talk to him about, dude? Oh man. Okay, so I honestly like I might be legitimately excited about Mackenzie Gore now. I don't because- know. I don't know how to rank him though because it's like you know, the model is going to spit out what it spits out. And like, you can't, how much do you like let yourself? Oh, I do all the dream. time. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you dream. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, okay. So is it actually a tangible thing yet? Right. I'm not going to do it yet. I'm going to yeah. see, I'm going to monitor this through the spring. I'm going to hopefully get some quote from something somewhere that says like, yeah, I'm going to focus on that now. And I mean, I, I saw this last year with Mackenzie Gore, the games where he was successful was like, yeah, he actually got the pitch upstairs. And yeah. then there was this constant fight, it looked like, of games where it just wasn't all of a sudden then he would sneak it in for a start. And I think his, his secondary are, are good. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're good enough. They're not like they're not like uh, plus plus. Oh, like, yeah. You, you didn't hear that much excitement. But right. you're good. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's like if he if he's high in the zone with the fastball and they have to they have to like keep honest. Yeah. Yeah. If they have to think about high in the zone a lot, that curveball is going to look better. Lower. Right. And I mean, and look, it's just going to be more effective lower. Right. I have them at 101. I have them actually right around there. I, I think it was the 90s. 4.79 projection. You know, what's what's really funny is uh, I did I did the Lindy's magazine this year. Incredible honor to do that um, for starting pitchers. I submitted my 90 and uh, I got the only like thing I got back was where's Alec Manoa and Mackenzie Gore. And I was like, well, Manoa, like, what is going? I, like, I'm not going to actually that close. Like, but Gore is like 95. And Gore, you know, Gore was like, I was like, it's right there. But like, I can't, I'm not going to make an assumption right now when I'm submitting this thing in February that like he's going to dramatically change his approach. Well, things I want to do. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not just going to be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to call my guy and be like, okay. Uh, no so like i I explained that to him he's like okay fine whatever and like now i'm like oh man (laughs) i should i should have submitted that one differently but i but no that's something that i'm absolutely going to be looking into with mackenzie gore i mean there's obviously things to talk about like the team context is that going to really help him um etc but uh what's funny to me i don't know if you know this you know in 2000 i think it was 20 Maybe it was 21. I sat down with Trevor Huth, who I absolutely adore, um, prospect guy for Pitcherless. And he, uh, you know, it was kind of still like in the midst of the quarantine. So we had this extra time. And he put together a video package of like 23, 25 pitching prospects for me. Okay. And this is especially like even, I'm still not amazing at prospects. I'm better now. I knew nothing back then. I knew of the name Mackenzie Gore. I didn't know what he looked like. Right. <laughs> so, we sat there with this is on this on YouTube and we watched all of them back to back. You know, I didn't know who was who. I just kind of like watched an, an inning or so with him. I gave him my two cents. And at the end of that, I said, DL Hall is better than Mackenzie Gore. Hmm. And that was 2021. And it's been like this joke of like, okay, Nick, you know, you whatever. You're totally wrong. Maybe you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're wrong. And then Maybe like that right. was, yeah, that was the year he got Tommy John, I think, DL Hall. Uh, but then all of a sudden Mackenzie Gore disappeared. Mm-hmm. And like it was it was like, whoa, this is strange. But now DL Hall and Mackenzie Gore could be good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I so still bet on this ball battle here. actually could be a battle. Um and there's someone, of course, obviously keep note on. We don't have any data. We have just video from like, you know, him throwing live BP. Apparently he looked great. 
uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, but that's a fun one. Um, who else did you want to uh, bring up uh, that you've seen in the spring so far? And uh, actually, you know what? Before we do, we're going to take a quick break to hear Eno's last pitcher. My my next pitcher is one that I uh, have historically not liked and uh have not ranked well and i have him actually uh right ahead of jack flaherty at 100 i mean right ahead of mackenzie gore at 100 it is jack flaherty right and um i you know i like the park uh the slider is obviously good um but uh he hasn't um he hasn't you know the fastball shape isn't good and he's really dependent on velo and um, you know, I had some stat last year where at 94 plus he was this good and yeah, right, under, right, it right. was like he had another two but points of ERA start was so fun. The first game for the Orioles was like 95, yeah. 96, you know, it was so fun. And then I was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> and then the velo fell off. And so I, I do my, my long-term, uh, prognosis for the Tigers rotation is that the way that Mooton the way that room is made for returning guys like Casey Mize and prospects like Jackson Job and all these guys that are coming through yeah. is that Jack Flaherty will end up in the bullpen. Right. But I, I thought I would take all the, the pitchers and compare their spring velo to uh, what they did in the past. And um, you know, Mitch white pops, uh, they were talking oh, yeah, he about was him. a little bit harder. I mean, it was more in like a relief role, but I, uh... It looked like at least thing it was one inning. Something yeah, like that. he averaged ninety six seven. Yeah, uh, his max velo was ninety eight uh, late last year, and he's held that. So, I mean, that makes Mitch White a little bit more interesting. But my favorite, uh, you know, guy there is Bowden Francis, uh, who has a new changeup, new changeup movement. Yeah, uh, he's really learning great. the Gosman splitter is what yeah. uh, I saw. And he's and also. More your over the top guy, more yep. good shape on the four yeah. seam, big breaking balls off of it. Yeah. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson adds Velo, which is good because he was about under 90. Yeah, but it's like 93 now. Does that, it, this is always the interesting question I get is, hey, a guy like, I'm like, oh man, he added like two ticks of velocity, but it's like he was at 91 before. Like, do we care that it's at 93? Yeah, it might and, just be moving around in the bad well, zone. It could be, but also, I, uh, the way I always have thought about it, is once a pitcher establishes a baseline of their success at a velocity, then we can grasp like how it would affect. Yeah. So not all velocities are the same once we understand that this is this kind of pitch here. And Which sure, is why, you know, like I think when with with Richardson, we don't really have a great grasp of how good he actually right. is. Yeah. With Mitch White and Cole Irvin, uh, other two guys. Yeah, there's that, another fun one. That got big velo boost. Yeah. We have a little bit more sense that like, they are fringe where like they're either headed towards the bullpen or out of baseball. Like they're, they're just like quad a ish. Like they're just, yeah, they're just maybe not good enough. Maybe good enough. Uh, and Mitch so maybe, Gray, yes. you know, you add a, a, a tick or two to that and they're like, Oh, now you're a fifth starter. That's good. Um, so, you know, interesting enough, there comes Jack Flaherty 94, six in his first start after 93, one, uh, an average last year. But I also did movement and he had an inch more ride and Mm. that takes him on Savant from 14 and a half to 13.4. Now Savant movement is just so hard for me to read. Um, But I do generally think that around 13 is where you start getting into better forcings. Mm -hmm. And so for him to go from more dead zoney up into like closer, I would guess that's like a 16 IVB, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Um, maybe 17, not right. It's not like a 20 or something. It's not plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's better than it was before. Um, and so the combination of that two puts them on an interesting list. These are all the guys that uh, were up a tick and also up an inch of ride. And this is something that Walker Bueller told me once that it's hard to increase velo and increase ride because first of all, your your pitch has less time, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, to move, and then he had a personal theory that like sort of the mechanics of throwing that hard, you know, don't always lead to like you know con- like converting spin to movement, but also just to great movement. I think maybe it's really hard to ha- throw a hundred from certain slots. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, sort of was one of his kind of side theories, but 
uh, you have uh, an inch of ride and a tick of velo. Jack Flaherty's on this list. Joey Wentz, who's moving to the pen, so I don't know if it really matters too much. Plus, he's moving around in dead zone movement. Not that great. Chris Sale, 94.9, also with an inch of ride, and that takes him to the savant movement number 11. And 11 is plus ride. You know, this is from a guy who wow. throws from that slot. Yeah. So Chris Sale's fastball looks in mid-career form. Yeah. Uh, wanted to throw that out there. That's Jorge great. Alcala is coming back uh, from injury, and people have forgotten about him. The movement is not amazing, uh, but he was sitting 9-6-9. I think it might be a bullpen piece for them, but that's a name to remember. Ruanzi Contreras. Oh man, that was my oh, that was my other one. Was uh, it? <laughs> yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Ninety-five two, and oh. he got an inch of ride back. So, really quick. Yeah. So the big thing about that, I there's one data point that I think is really important here that we don't have, and it drives me up the wall is extension. So he lost mm. extension also. Twenty twenty two. Oh, he lost everything because he lost yeah. Velo, he lost ride, and he lost extension over yeah. the last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So everything. Yeah, right. So like Either. all the bars just went down. It was yeah. as if I sat on them. <laughs> and I, I, I was so excited about this because like I remember actually even doing my my top four hundred or something. I was like, this is gonna come out in a second, but I just gotta post this little thing. Hold on. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, it was just showing the the two PLV um uh charts of the twenty twenty two Romanzi Contreras four seamer, which was oddly like I didn't realize like how good of a shape it was at the time um but i was it, super it, excited about him when i saw that and then he just yeah. didn't keep any of it nope and then the velocity yeah the whole thing was just worse with the four seamer and this game i watched it um when he gained you know the velocity was back and you know, the, the ride was back i don't know if the extension is but i kind of assume it is too it's gotta be part of the whole package right, right? right. the slider didn't look as good though hmm. um and that's like the one element i'm thinking like, okay cool i'm excited that the four seamers better you got to command it still and you also need to have the 25 percent swing strike rate slider too um i'm much more intrigued by Contreras. i think there's still another gap between him actually being the person we want him to be but yeah Contreras is do you think he's headed towards he could be a he could be a closer yeah i mean if you just you just look at something like that where you're like god you just really couldn't do it. I think he does have like the step above the, the like relief command, hmm. right? Um, that would suggest that if he can harness, you know, keep that four seamer and really get some time to really hone the skill of where he I wants to I would love to, to know if it was like fitness, but I, I do right? know that people who have worked with him, um, or I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, just like, <laughs> you know, like we, we'd love for him to keep that shape. Out. Yes, we, yes, yeah, right. we noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, there are organizations where they might not have noticed. I, right. You know, I the, told um, some of those stories, but on the other side one, of it, they were like, yes, we know. And we're working on it, but it's not, <laughs> you know, like, it's not that easy. His, his teammate also very, very early sign. Very. But I, uh, I've been banging the drum a lot about Mitch Keller's forcing her being bad mm-hmm. and that he has a really good cutter and a really good breaking ball or two. And as long as he just, leans on going cutters a ton and saves a four seamer like 10%, 15% of the time as a surprise upstairs pitch or something like that. He could be successful. That's kind of what he did. It was like 38% cutters in that, in that game. And like, that's really interesting. I, I was, I, my, my, my plan for Mitch Keller was, and it's weird because he doesn't have the command of it, mm-hmm. of these people, but to be like a kitchen sink guy. Mm-hmm. And what I saw late last season you know, in the second half, he had that five and a half ERA was that he really was all hard. Yeah. It was fastball sinker cutter and not even that much sweeper. Right. So he really became, it was fastball sinker cutter and that was it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because his natural command is not that great. Hmm. So he's, he's an unnatural fit for the, like I throw five pitches and put them wherever I want. He's not right. that, but he's also not, I throw two pitches and can throw them super hard and will strike you out because the shape is great on both of them. He's not Tyler Glass now. Right. And he's not Hunjin Ryu. Yeah, yeah, right. 
Well, he has moments. Like I saw that right. I watched when he's every at his single best, pick. You're like, this is Tyler Glass now plus Hunjin Ryu. <laughs> yeah, it, really, it is. It's like that all that uh, Baltimore Orioles start with 12 strikeouts. I watched every single pitch of that, and it was brilliant. And he's just he has like it all looks super hard, super crisp, puts it to where he wants, banana Beautiful feeling, movement. everything. Go this way, yeah. go that way, go down, go up. It was so good. And then the next start, he can't place anything. Yeah, and it's and then he has to rely on the fastball, and it's kind of dead zony fastball. Yeah, no, it is. It, 100% yes, it is. It's I mean, not it, good. If you want a savant number, it's 15. Yeah. So don't, you don't want 15, 15 no. and 16 movement numbers on, on savant, our dead zone. Yeah. It, it, and and interestingly, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson went from uh, 19 to 18. And I just wondered, you know, like a 20 movement number on savant is actually really weird. Like well, yeah, nobody, that's a sink. Yeah. That's a proper sinker, then. Yeah, yeah, like he had a sinker. They're calling a four seamer. There's nobody else here on this four seam leaderboard that had an 18, 19.6. Yeah. Just to explain, by the way, guys, the uh, how it works on Savant, because it'd be very weird. Of like, I have no reference point for these vertical numbers. Yeah. Uh, they essentially take it as zero is if there's no gravity whatsoever. You just throw a strain and it goes there, mm-hmm. and then so that means the inches just it's just how much is dropping. So then, if you have low numbers, it's like it's barely dropping. And that's good. That means you're getting the rise, right? The deception. Right. So you want the doing. you want the lower number. Right? That's why like eleven and twelve and thirteen. So you want to see minuses. You want to see yeah. less, less, less. And um, you know, a props to to Chris Clegg, who I I saw him um, quote some IBB. I was like, how do you get that? Because of you know, and he's he was really nice. He shared like a very basic formula. Um, he was pretty much saying like, hey, look, this is a decent one that's quick because we don't you know when it comes to IVB. And vert like uh, the really specific one has a lot of calculations about. I'm gonna do Jack Flaherty here on air. Come on, give me and uh, <laughs> and uh, I movement times. Yeah, and then it's so here we go. It's five two three divided by the pitch's velocity. Five two three divided by ninety four point six. Okay, and then uh-huh. you take the square of that number. So it's normally like five point something. Um, square of that. Wait, and then five, subtract- oh, 523? Yes. Oh, 523 divided, divided by, by whatever the velocity is, square that, and then you subtract whatever the savant uh, number is. And that gives you like a very loose understanding of it. Subtract. So keep in mind that the lower the velocity. 17 IVB. Okay. That's so good. Jack Flaherty's at 17. That's good. That's what we want. Well, that's, that's better than before. For no, sure. no, 17. I will take a 17 all day. Yeah. 17, I'm like, yes, this is 20s good. are elite. It's so rare to see that to me. And it's like, like 19 these days. I'm like, oh, that's Pavetta and McKenzie. Yeah, 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 uh, sorry, yeah, Tristan yeah. McKenzie. Oh my gosh. Like Savali will get to like a 17, 18. I'm like, oh, as they see a 16, I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. And 15, I'm like, oh no. And if on. you want just like a general one in your head, like, you know, I think uh, anything under 14 is, is okay. Anything under 12 is elite. Right. I'm just this is the the stack cast number, not the calculation we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So right, yeah. So, so yeah. So under 14, like, okay, cool. That's my, probably it. Unless he throws Chris Sale at eleven is like yeah. that, that, that's yeah, Iowa. Eleven is <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so there you go, guys. That's a really good uh, that's a good way for you to understand this. And it's a quick hit of like, okay, are we moving in a good direction at least? Just seeing the minus is good. You want to see the minus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it means it's getting better at that. But Sunny yeah, Gray, someone I want to bring up there. Yeah, Sunny Gray, twelve point five savant movement number on his uh, on his four scene that was also. But he's up a, a cut bit. guy. That's a that's a cutter. I mean, I mean like the four seam to me has always been like a cut four scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- I mean, right? hey, then it's cut right. Like it's better. yeah, that's wild. If he's actually keeping that thing up, um, that's cool. Uh, and he didn't do it with the help of the Cardinals. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get it. <laughs> I, it still drives me up the wall of like. I think I heard a quote, and I, this could be wrong. So please take this with a grain of salt. But about the Yankees saying like, "Well, you get a lot of spin on your four seamer," but at the time it didn't have ride. It just had cut. It was mm-hmm. just spinning a lot. But like, just because it's spinning doesn't mean it's spinning in the way you want it to spin. So you don't want to throw the cutter upstairs. Then you don't want to throw this cut four seamer. Then that's essentially helping guys. You know, it's dropping to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's you're right. like, oh, unless you're going to do the called strike animal, uh, so was it the, the cannibal McSanchez, <laughs> popularized that? by Colin McHugh, McHugh and Anibal Sanchez, of which is high what? cutters for called strikes. Oh, you throw it above the zone, let it drop. Yeah, in. and then it comes back down. It's like everyone does an MLB the show, you know? I that's a little bit, I think, why the high two seamer to the opposite handed players yes. can, help, can work. Yes. Because you can throw it above and they can drop in for a called strike, or they might even just, you know, they or they foul it as it comes back to yep. their barrel, but it it doesn't lead to like solid contact usually. Right. 
But then again, you have to ask somebody like Clark Schmidt to like throw something they never threw like regularly. <laughs> Some guys um, are like Chris Bassett's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you want me to throw a two seam up there? Sure. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm still going to get like a 20% call strike. Right? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Also last year, don't forget, um, Chris Bassett was like three ticks down and we were terrified about it. And he had the first terrible start of the year. Well, that was, I did, I did want to throw those caveats in here. Like right. these guys are out there for two. Like that's why Mitch White is a little bit easier for him to go nine, six, seven for two innings, you yep. know, Cole Irvin, 94. Um, and you, you've said this a lot on Twitter and I, I agree that sitting versus uh, hitting is, is really important this time yes. of the year. But what's interesting is that I think early in spring hitting is more important because it's an easier way to compare to the past. Mm. Sitting is hard to compare when you're like, you just threw two innings. How do I compare? Oh, I see. You, you had one year. showcase of what's in the tank. But if you, if you hit 98 this year and you didn't hit 98, like June through September last year, that's a great point. Then I'm going to, yeah. then my ears are going to perk up. Yeah. That's like something you didn't do before. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, um, I always understand the context of it because a lot of times you see the hitting is what the average was before. And you're like, no, nah. but if you're talking about max and comparing max now to max, that makes sense to me. And then um, there are just good. players that, you know, the reason why it's so hard to just like latch on to these velas, some players are just going to gain it over time. Like I'm looking at the yeah. big minuses um, to where Chris Bassett is hanging out and there's a bunch of just veteran dudes that, are probably going to get there. I mean, Luke Weaver uh, is down here. Uh, even Carlos Rodon, they said he's ahead of where he was in bullpen sessions. We're it's happy so about weird. the low. You know, maybe in bullpen sessions, maybe everything is fine with him. I hope though he's so. Down. Um, Hunter Harvey is down. That scares me a little bit. Um, but there was but- uh, Ryan Helsley, but... The word is that he's just saving bullets, like unlike he did last year. And maybe that's true for Hunter Harvey too. Like, yeah. if it's a reliever who's down right now, like, do you care? I mean, I, well, so there's someone so else actually. I, I circled right, here that know? I almost forgot about that I do want to mention. Uh, Ryan Nelson looks good. Yeah, Ryan Nelson. I was actually really impressed with him. I remember this time last year it was a three way race in my view between him, Fought, and Dre Jameson. Ryan Nelson got slowed down with the shoulder inflammation mm-hmm. and it just seemed to me, okay, cool. Like you're in a three-way race and you already have inflammation. You're slowed down. You're not going to win this, but then he did somehow. And I, it wasn't too impressive because we liked the fastball, but there wasn't really much else to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it was also sitting a little bit lower overall, at like 93, 94 at the end of camp last year. He's already a tick up now. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. And his cutter looks good. This is like the pitch that he was saying that he was working on in uh, in the minors before he came out back last and year. He, and he always locates that well. Right. And that was it was like an 88 mile per hour cutter at a time. Like the first inning was so good from him. And then he was a little bit lower velocity than the second. Mm, maybe he was just adrenaline and like, it's okay, cool. I'm going to be a little lower. But I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued because it's it's always been like a good shaped fastball, just not quite over that hump of 94. And pairing that with a better cutter that is legitimate um i don't know that's that's such an interesting team context to me that i often forget about that the arizona diamondbacks is a good team to pitch for it's a good Mm -hmm. defense behind them good offense now they win games like helped them arrow kelly help helped uh zach gallon a ton um i think there's you know i think it's going to benefit eduardo a little bit as well and just like ryan nelson is kind of just like yeah I've got and there's this. not really a great option other than him for the fifth starter. Oh, role. no, he's doing that. Yeah, it's 100% right now. So I can't, honestly, I really don't know. Is it Christian Mata was the other one? Or uh, yeah. it was something, Mena. I'm confusing him and Brian Mata. And Nelson, Frost. like, <laughs> at least can give you, like, three innings, you know, fastball, cutter, slider. When he's at his best, I think he's mixing those pitches in. He just hasn't been doing that. Right. Um, others on my list were uh, Tyler Beatty. Just kidding. He wasn't look. He didn't look so bad, by the way. I won't be surprised if like some teams like time. we don't have a fifth starter. It's like, all right, what the heck? Here's Tyler Beatty, like the whole Zayrania role, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Hunter Green quote his curveball was quote iffy. However, he said to the Cincinnati Inquirer that the split was fantastic today. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I do. I have a Dunning thing on here. Uh, wait, Dunning was saying he has a mystery pitch. Dunning um, is 11.7 Savant movement. 
Hmm. He gained four inches. What? Of four inches of ride. What? If he has a legitimate four seam, like he has a legitimate two seam. Well, no, he was a he was a slider cutter when he was killing it. Yeah, and like the two seamer was like, okay, I'm surviving, I guess. Yeah, but like, but if he had a legitimate four seam to go with that, he would be what? better. Oh man, I, I mean, I'm just wondering if this is like calibration or something. Like, I definitely yeah. don't want to go running to this because he he had a 45 uh, stuff plus on the four seam last year. All right, um, honestly, <laughs> if he's if he's if I draft him, I'm I'm 100 percent I'm going to call my team cool dunnings <laughs> without a doubt i'm doing that i uh, one other guy that's that's on here for me is lucas giolito sitting 95 oh. um that's a big deal uh because i've never i don't think that his forcing was actually really that great of a pitch but that makes his change up that much better it makes his slider that much better Again, mm-hmm. great team context here of just every five days is going mean, to go. There'll be a lot change. of six innings, you know? It's a straight change. Like, if you need to, if they need to start earlier to get to that fastball, you'd think that they make the change up more effective. Yeah. So, I, uh, so that is something to keep him an eye on. He hasn't been over 93 since 2020 or 21. That was 94. Apparently, he didn't show up in mine because, uh, it's not Stackhouse. That was a report. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just so we'll I'm see. just doing Statcast here, so limited yeah. for the Statcast parks. I know, I know. Why don't, can't Alex Fast do something? <laughs> well, I, the question is not necessarily if Hawkeye is in those parks. Hawkeye is in every park now, they, but they're not providing it. It's a it's it's a data sharing thing. The reason that we have AAA Statcast is because at some point the the teams just decided let's just share this information. Right. You know, it's just easier than. So why aren't they doing it in in those parks? Well, because a lot of them, I guess, are minor league parks. Some of them are minor league parks. And I don't know. They just, uh, the way that they do it is, I think they trade. I think teams trade. No. Yeah. That's what cash considerations is? No. No. But they're, <laughs> they're just like, I, I'll give you uh, I'll give you Arizona if you give me Florida. Is this more like a job fair or is it like the stock exchange? <laughs> well, it, it becomes a little bit weirder on the college level where you're like, come to colleges and you're like, we would like your StatCast data. And they're and oh then like people God. are like, well, okay, pay for the implementation, like pay for us to put it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that's absolutely unbelievable. Oh my it's it's so silly to me. It's just gonna be like that regardless. Okay. It's just in due time, it will be there. Um, yeah, but I mean you you get first mover advantage on some of the stuff, right? If yeah, you, I know. It's if you don't let everybody else see it. <sighs> Just let us have happy we have AAA. Now we can, can I have, pay for it? <laughs> do you know what they're going to do? What teams are going to do is not send their best uh, their best prospects to AAA, which they already kind of do anyway. But their mm-hmm. best pitching well, prospects, right? Uh, yeah, like the managers don't, don't go do to that. AAA because yeah. you don't unless you want them to like look good by stuff plus and trade them. And right? yeah, of course the Yankees will do it all the time. Yeah, um, maybe we can call them and be like, we'll be consultants for you. Just give us the data. Yeah. Uh, just give them the data. You know, that's a, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of things that, that change over the next week as well. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to kind of, I think that this might be a good focus for us in the, you know, through spring training, just be like, Hey guys, these are the ones that are really interesting to us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, but is there anyone else that you wanted to add here? Uh, you know, before we go. Nope. Got to watch some more. I gotta, I'm going to yeah, turn, I'm going to start this Yamamoto start over again. And watch. I'm, well, I watched all of it. It was fine. You were going for a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm going to get this hedge of a uh, hair uh, trimmed a bit before I go off to Florida, which I'm sad you're not going to be there. Yeah, um, but I, uh, but yeah, what, uh, what else is on the horizon outside? Of course, I'll be there on March 20th. I cannot believe. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the Rates and Barrels live pod at the other March half. 20, um, March 20, March 21st. Mike Petriello too. That's yeah. going to be incredible. We're going to have, uh, I changed uh, my flight to make sure I can be there. So we're going to have trivia. We're going to give away, uh, give away some stuff. We're going to okay. have live Q and A's. It's the Williamsburg other half, unfortunately. Okay. The domino location. Uh, yes. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Next week I, on Sunday, I go to down to spring training and, um, you know, one thing that I want to work on is uh, basically like an oral history of you Darvish's pitches. Yes, this article. Great. Good, good, good. I was wondering. If I, I was have all again. of his, I have like most of his grips and mm-hmm. uh, I finally got them. And like, what's interesting about him is he's always listening and he's always like learning from other people. So like, you know, I think his curveball grip is Pierce Johnson's. Really? 
Chris Johnson had a <laughs> that's vicious just like a little, breaker. That's like that was like his like, thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just like a little uh, little tidbit. So. That's you know, so just uh, all the, the different, like he used to have uh, pitches he doesn't have anymore. And just, he's the guy with all the pitches. So like, right. you know, this would, I think this would be a fun thing to, to go through, but um, yeah, I great. just got a couple other ideas. And so uh, it becomes that great transition for me where I go from like all these preview articles and rankings and stuff. I should have uh, a rankings update soon, uh, maybe by Friday. Um, and you know, all this sort of, uh, preview looking stuff. When I get to spring break, spring training, I get to actually talk to players again right. for the first time. Uh, yeah, and, uh, so we'll get some different kinds of pieces coming out. Awesome. I, uh, I want Darvish just to be like, yo, I throw four and they're really good. <laughs> I don't want him to be like, I'm going to be like a jack of all trades. I'm like, dude, you uh, I throw 15 and five of them are not really useful. You're just so good at these. <laughs> like, do that always. You know, I mean, they're, they're to some extent when you like watch a Udara start, you look at his percentages, it is actually well, last year he went to like, three of them. He really yeah. looked like sinkers and sliders by the end. And I'm like, but you have one of the best four. He's seamers. just so happy that the sinker moves better in uh, San Diego. So. Well, right. And that's such a fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, but I, that sounds all great. I'm going to update the list on Monday when I get back from Florida. And then I have my routine draft guide, which by the way, I have labor on Sunday. I have not done my like actual true hitter research yet. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Nick, you're running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone put out a whole guide on it. But, you know, it's uh, we've been doing mock, dra- mock drafts. You're going to be like Albert often. Pujols. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have like a, I've at least made a notepad of like as I'm doing drafts. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Remember that guy? Remember that guy? Remember that guy? Yeah. Um, you do but, have a uh, lot of people that work at pitchers list. This is true. This <laughs> is true. Work on uh, I stuff. mean, honestly, I just go to like Scott. Kyle. Here. Custom yeah, option values. <laughs> I mean, really, I could just say like, "Hey, our PLV projections, who they like us hitters, great. Thanks so much." Yeah, yeah. listen to that because it's fantastic. But yeah, no, it's just really getting everything solidified for the start of the year. Um, it is pretty wild that it's thirty days. Uh, well, I guess thirty-one. I have it, it is it's no, the, twenty-nine it's days. Early draft season. season. I got four drafts going on right now. Uh, well, I've got TGFBI. Of course, I got my guy in Eflin actually. Uh, I'm so happy. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, right." Why did we let Nick do that? I was like, oh, "I don't know." I'm on the clock in two in two drafts right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, gotta go. <laughs> Get out of here. I uh, on the behalf of Enosaurus, my name is Nick Pollock, and we look forward to discussing the craft again next week.